What? Let's get this show started again. Come on. Come on. Come on. Yeah. There we go. Welcome back to the Hambo Express. I'm back on the road. Hambo is back. It's been months. I'm just going to start flapping my gums and start recording here. That's what I'm going to do. Because I will it to be. Because God was the Word and the Word was God. I'm going to will this to be, and I'm going to say some words. I'm not God. Alright, I hope you realize this at, at this juncture. But, I am a funny guy. I can use humor like a spear to pierce the heart of a serious man or woman. I can do it, damn it, and I can do it through the, the power of this show, the Ham Palace. I'm coming back, and I'm going to start recording a lot more. I'm, you know, I said that 20 years ago, but I'm saying it. I'm saying it now. I'm saying it because nobody else out of my group of friends will take a stand, man. And this is why I do the show, because they will not talk. They won't step up to the plate, put themselves out there about their experiences alright about their risks in life and their chances I've taken chances I've taken some risks I've taken some big risks but you know what I'm here they haven't broken down the door yet for me <laughs> notice I say yet but I'm making a stand. I'm still going forward with my life. I am a filmmaker. I am a comedian. I am a comic artist. That is Hambo. Well, I'm on the road. I tell you what, I'm going to give you a reality sandwich. I, I've, I have driven from the studio in New York to, to Michigan. To, to visit friends and family but the primary primary thing is to visit my grandpa who is, is a little struggling he's struggling walking he's struggling with his memory and he needed help so I just got back uh, from uh, up north Michigan and uh, it's beautiful as always. He lives right by a lake in a cabin, right by the lake, up high, overviewing everything. Uh, you can see the, the, the green trees and 
the, the sun ripple over the, the small waves over the lake. You can see the, the birds chirping through the air. You can see the squirrels coming up to the bird feeders eating, eating the birds food. A lot of squirrels, a lot of chipmunks. They all wanted a piece of the action. My grandpa's cabin. Because he's got the bird seed. They even wanted to get into his uh, little can. He has got a whole small little garbage can full of bird seed. One of those suckers, you know what he did? He flipped off the lid started eating in there. Because we forgot to put something on the lid of the, of the garbage can. Yeah, those squirrels are like little humans. They just want more and more. They're like those people you see at McDonald's. The one-ton wonders. Anyway, I'm not here to talk to you about squirrels and chipmunks. But I am here to talk to you about something a little bit more serious. And it's still with us getting older. Everyone getting older. And when we get to our old age. If you make it. If you're lucky enough to make it. Or unlucky enough to make it to your old age. However you want to look at it. It's important. It's important that we keep our minds limber. It's important that we do puzzles. It's important that we do stuff with our less dominant hand. It's important to challenge our minds. It's important to question ourselves. It's, it's important to question our motives. It's important to question life. Uh, it's important to question your faith and where you stand in it. And it's an important thing if you don't have faith to question the reasons why you don't. And we have to do it every so often. We have to exercise this part of our, of our brains. We have to ponder the big questions. When we get older and our minds lose some of their power, some of their elasticity, or whatever you want to call it, or synopsis don't fire off that much, or we're in the wrong place, we have to remember, if we feel helpless, if we can't get around, if we can't, we're not as agile as we used to be, that we must think positive. It is imperative that we think positive. Because I am learning. I'm learning through science and through faith that our thoughts carry power, that our thoughts have weight. Now I know this sounds a lot like the secret, but I know in my heart and it has been proven that our thoughts carry the electricity and the electricity has weight. Light has weight. And if we don't have that positive thought that carries that positive charge, it's not going to help us. Acting a victim and feeling sorry for yourself in your situation isn't going to help you. If you think one way, it's always going to be like this, nothing's going to change. Not if you say so, then it will be so, as they say in the Dark Tower series.
So don't let it be so. Rage against the dying of the light. It, it matters. It matters, folks. I'm telling you, folks. Be an optimist. You'll get more out of life. It's okay to get pissed once in a while. It's okay. Use that rage. Use that pissiness. But don't stay in it. Don't steal in it. It will not help you. It will only drag you down. Being an optimist, you get more out of life that way. I learned a long time ago. I used to be a little bit more than a pessimist than I was an optimist. Then it kind of balanced out. Now I'm starting to be a lot more of an optimist than pessimist now. Why? Because I get more out of it that way. Think of it this way. People that work out. Anyone listening at work listening to this that works out. That's maybe like one or two people that I know. Um, if you're doing an extra rep and you say to, your, to yourself I can't do this extra rep. I just can't do it. What's going to happen? You're not going to do it. Now, if you say to yourself this extra rep is really painful I can do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. I got to do it. I got to do it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Guess what? You're going to do that extra rep. Or you're going to get farther than if you didn't. That is the power of our thought carrying weight. Being positive and pushing yourself will get you somewhere. It'll get you that extra rep in life. Being negative won't get you that extra rep. And it won't push you towards your goals or desires. And that is the truth. I've been studying a lot of quantum physics. I've been studying a lot of entanglements, issues. Uh, I've been reading books, books on the subject. Studying a little, I've been studying a little bit of Einstein, a little Michio Kaku, a little bit of Fred Allen, Dr. Fred Allen Wolf, and I've read The Dark Tower that polishes the whole quantum theory, puts it in a nice, neat, fictional, fun adventure book for you. And I'm here to tell you, it's time to think positive, people in everything we do. However you want to look at it. You want to look at your mind? I choose to look at it as I'm a man of faith. God puts it in our spirit. Our spirit puts it in our mind. Good things. If you're an atheist, same, more or less the same thing. You put good stuff in your mind you'll reap good things. Now, it's not going to happen all the time. But sometime more than not, good things will come from thinking the good thoughts. The pessimistic thoughts are just going to reap pessimistic things. Alright, I'm going to move on to the movie section. I'm going to do my little review of X-Men, Days of Future Past. Spoilers ahead. Once again, spoilers ahead for X-Men Days of Future Past. 
I was so excited to see it, and so excited to see a movie in a long time. Now, I had seen a lot through the previews and the TV slash computer ads or clips on YouTube. There's been a lot of advertising for this movie. An unbelievable amount of advertising. And it's great. I love it. Hey, X-Men is great. It's got great things to say. I love X-Men, so that's fine. I'm, I'm all happy for it. Uh, whenever I go into a hotel, when I'm traveling, I see the X-Men... Uh, uh, the X-Men points that you can get from traveling to hotel to hotel, which you still got to sign up for. But, well, let me jump into the review head first. While being a lot like a comic... It doesn't totally, 100% faithfully, go with the comic. Uh, I was getting vibes early on that they were going to skip a major part of the book, Days of Future Past. But I knew I was going to go in still liking it, because from what I was seeing, it was great. The special effects looked top-notch. They had Sentinels in it for Pete's sakes. That was the important thing. They needed a new villain. They needed something massive on a grand scale. Sentinels fit the, fit the bill. Um, again, the Hugh Jackman performance of Logan and this. Uh, a lot of it depended on him. And he, he looked great. He definitely, I think this was an improvement of his of the character. He I think his voice sounded grittier, heavier, a lot like he would seem he always seemed to me in the comics and in the cartoon. Which is good. I love that. I love a good, thick, gritty, tough Wolverine voice. Um, he looked the part even more in this one. And he got an amazing shape after coming off of the Wolverine for this. And uh, I tell you, there's some great shots in this where he, uh, you know, he has his bone claws in a lot of the movie. But he still does some great, you know, scenes, and the action scenes are great, and they're well choreographed. Choreographed. Um, Quicksilver is great. The guy that plays Sil Quicksilver really uh, captures the character, makes him realistic as being like a rebellious kind of uh, teenager. And uh, there's a great scene where he breaks into the White House. Spoilers to free Magneto, and he. Uh, he takes on all these security guards by running around the wall and uh, he's having them beat up, beat up each other. And then Wolverine takes out somebody with the frying pan. It's a pretty great scene. Just the simplicity of it. Since he can't use his metal claws, he beats somebody up with the frying pan. I, I just love the simplicity of it. It was great. Um, I really like what uh, Michael Fassbender does. With Magneto in this, there's still a lot of emotional uh, scenes with him and Xavier, the young Xavier. And I think that's great. I think there's enough room for it, and it still works, and it's great. Um, at the, at the, the other token, though, the other, I mean, the other side of the, of the coin, you got McKellen, who's still amazing as Magneto. Still great in that role. And Stewart, still great in that role. 
in the future, the set in the future, but they have less screen time than the younger uh, Magneto and Xavier. Which, I wish they balanced it out more. Because, just because you get great scenes from the younger versions of Magneto and Xavier doesn't mean that we should see the same amount from the older actors. St Magneto and McKellen are, are still really great to watch in their scenes, you know. Um, Thunderbird. Thunderbird. In this. Uh, his costume is horrible. He tries to do something in this. I, I felt like his powers weren't very... He didn't really have the strongest powers anyway, but... I don't know. They didn't capitalize enough on what he could do in it. I, I kind of felt a little pointless for, for him to be in it. Um... What else? I, I really enjoyed what uh, Magneto, what uh, Fastbender did in it. And uh, a lot of the plot hinges around Mystique uh, and her decision in this movie. And to start, you know, to rebel against the humans and cause a big public scene and, and have the tide turn against the mutants. Thus, activating the Sentinel program that will kill everyone in the future. Uh, humans alike. Peter Dinklage is in this. Peter Dinklage. And, uh, you know, he's always a great actor. Even before his Game of Thrones days, he was he was a great actor. Just uh, There's a movie called The Station Agent that he was in. And uh, he had a good, powerful performance in that. Intense guy and a very mature actor. And, uh, yeah, I thought he did a great job in it. Uh, the Sentinels were great. There was a slight redesign of the Sentinels, but I didn't mind it so much. Most of all, their their, their heads looked a lot like the Sentinels in the, in the comics, but a lot of their body looked different. But they were still purple, and they could still fly. And the practical Sentinels that weren't CG looked great. Um, whenever they went to the future and showed you the updated Sentinels that were smaller... I mean, it, it, it was okay, I didn't mind it, but there's something about a practical sentinel that's really built and really hovering in the air somewhat. That looked great. I wanted more of those sentinels. They needed more sentinels in it, more sentinel action. But I'm glad that they had enough of it in there for the story. Um, well, scenes with Wolverine are still great. Uh, Quicksilver is amazing in this. Ah, my GPS. I gotta turn on the unicorn. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he was still, uh, he's still very good as a character, very entertaining to watch, and, uh, I tell you what, uh, Without overdoing the ending, I don't want to totally spoil the ending, but I'm really curious to what they're going to do in the next, the next movie, because this kind of resets everything, and Hugh Jackman is right. It feels like this is starting over again, and everything's fresh. But I, I just hope that they give the older actors more screen time, because I think the younger actors from 
X-Men First Class are taking over just a little bit too much. Ah, oh, my GPS. I gotta turn on the unicorn. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he was still, uh, he's still very good as a character, very entertaining to watch, and, uh, I'll tell you what, uh, without overdoing the ending, I don't want to totally spoil the ending, but I'm really curious to what they're going to do in the next, the next movie, because this kind of resets everything, and Hugh Jackman is right. It feels like this is starting over again and everything's fresh. But I, I just hope that they give the older actors more screen time. Because I think the younger actors from X-Men First Class are taking over just a little bit too much. I think it should still be about the core group if they're going to bring them back like that. If they're going to bring back the core group, have it be mostly about the core group or at least half and half. Or just split off the younger group of uh, mutants with the older one. You know, don't try to stick them all in the same movie. Have them there both of the X-Men movies. The younger versions and the older versions being different movies. Because I hate it when the older actors get nudged out. But I give it three, three and a half claws out of four. I give it about a give it about a nine. No reason I don't give it a ten is because not enough Sentinel action in it, and they didn't have a key scene in X Men: Days of Future Past. Spoilers right now: Wolverine doesn't die. He doesn't get fried by a Sentinel, which I felt that really should have been in it. That for the for the the drama, they should have at least showed him die in the future but the way they wrote the story it's like they couldn't have him die in it so that's the only thing where it's like that I'm gonna have to withdraw a star they're lucky I don't withdraw two stars but so there it is I can't wait to watch it on my projector 3d on my big screen projector should be a lot of fun it's around time I love it loving my projector these days 3D projector. Lots of fun. Never have been so geeked. Have I been so geeked about 3D? I'm addicted. Constantly updating my 3D technology and glasses. All right. Well, let's move on. Let's move on. I'm going to move on to uh, the Dark Tower. I'm going to do a little quick five-minute thing about it. Uh, again, I'll go into go. I'll probably do a special episode based on it once I get everything going again with these podcasts and get them up and get going on a regular basis. Just because it's so special to me, and three to five minutes does not do it justice. The Dark Towers, the Dark Tower series, written by Stephen King, is a uh, a book is it's a it's a series of seven books. Each book is anywhere from four hundred and fifty pages to eight hundred to even a thousand. So four hundred to a thousand pages each book. I listen to all these on Audibles, 
on my long drives back and forth from work. Uh, on my trip right now to Michigan and back. And uh, never have I been so into a series of books as I have now. Never have, been, have I been so excited about reading. Probably since The NeverEnding Story or Lord of the Rings or the Narnia books have I been so excited about reading. I mean, the characters just come to life. It's The NeverEnding Story meets Lord of the Rings meets the good, the bad, the good, the bad, and the ugly with a little bit of Goodfellas thrown in. Now that's quite the genre crosser right there. It really, really is. So, yeah, I mean, what can I don't even know where to start? The Gunslinger starts off as like a, a western town about the main the main character Roland of Gilead. Uh, Gilead is the land. Gilead is the land that he lives in. Obviously, he uh, he's going around and and he's finding it things in his town are going wrong. Uh, things are breaking down. The world has moved on. And uh, it starts off like kind of like a Western, kind of like a Clint Eastwood. Uh, Unforgiven vibe a little bit. Um, and he's after the man in black. It opens with the great phrase, uh, the man in black fled across the desert. Uh, the man in black fled across the desert. And the gunslinger followed. Great opener. Great opener. And, uh, he's after the man in black. He's, he's after whatever is, is happening to his, his town, which, you know, things are breaking down. Uh, people are losing their mind. Uh, there's a kind of a, uh, kind of like a, a plague going on around town of people losing their minds and killing everybody. So he's got to find out. He's got to get to the bottom of it see what's going on. And by the end of the book, you find out it, this is a much bigger story. Much, much bigger story than you thought. And after the first book, it starts to branch out into different genres. Uh, New York crime uh, gets into sci-fi. Uh, it delves a little bit into fantasy and uh, he meets other characters along the journey that are great contrast to his stoic personality he is he's enraptured by this quest of to find the dark tower the dark tower as the narrator says Frank Muller he's a great narrator um, the dark tower is his obsession that drives him forward on his quest to find the Dark Tower and find out what's happening to the world. But not just his world, but other worlds. It appears to him that there are other worlds than these. As the quote says. And, uh... I'm going to cut here. I'm going to go into more detail in the next 
five minutes. One of uh, the things I love, I love about this series is that um, the characters are very, very real to life. Like uh, Roland uh, finds some teammates along the way in the drawing of the three, uh, the book, uh, the drawing of the three. And uh, one is uh, called The Prisoner, which is, he's like a, a, a drug addicted character. Uh, uh, carrier, a guy that carries, uh, like a mule, a guy that carries drugs for the mafia. And um, he finds himself inside uh, of his head, um, uh, kind of like his his own head is in Eddie's body. And uh, because the doorways that he enters, he actually enters these characters in other worlds. And that's where it gets interesting. Because Roland has to find a cure uh, for this poison in his system, and he can only do it through uh, getting like a penicillin uh, in in New York, in the world, you know, in, in this different Earth, which is our Earth, which would be in New York. And um, along the way, he kind of helps Eddie uh, get uh, get away from uh, airport police, and uh, he helps him kind of. Uh, I don't know, kind of off his path, and he brings him into his own world, like the Wild West world of uh, of uh, Gilead and in uh, the surrounding lands. And um, actually, I think it's called uh, Midworld is the area that he, the world that he lives in. And then they team up, and they found they find another teammate. Uh, her name is Sue. Um, uh, Susanna and uh, she uh, is kind of um, she's a, a black woman from the 60s and she's kind of like an activist but she's uh, she's in a wheelchair and uh, she had a brick dropped on her head so she has multiple personalities because of it and they team up with her as well and they're off to the quest of the Dark Tower from there um, and a lot of it is just the three of them trying to get along and, uh, especially one with a, a, like a multiple personality disorder and, uh, Eddie who's like kind of addicted to, uh, uh, heroin and, uh, Roland's trying to get his cure along the way. So there's a lot of tension, uh, of all of them trying to get along and there's some, uh, mafia guys they encounter along the way. And uh, there's a lot of action, and uh, um, the series moves on from there into this no next book called The Wastelands, where Roland encounters like a crazy killer train, like a homicidal schizophrenic train that they have to ride. <laughs> and that's, to me, that's like the, the climax of the series. It just, it's such a good, there's such a good part in the book where you just feel like you're in that train with them. Uh, trying to negotiate with this psychotic uh schizophrenic train um but man this it's a very detailed series it's like you feel 
like you're walking with them. It's very much like Lord of the Rings, where they're they're trying to get the ring and throw it into the uh, the mountain uh, of, of Mordor. There, the Dark Tower is their mountain. Um, you, they're mostly on foot throughout this whole series, and they travel through uh, these different doorways. Um, between worlds, and they go uh, toe dash. That's what they call it when they travel in between worlds. And uh, there's just a lot of great lingo in this in this uh, book that I really love, and all the books, and uh, the way they talk. They say, uh, "Thank you, Sai." Like, can I have that plate? No, oh, thank you, Sai. And uh, a greeting I love to use now is, uh, "May you have long days and pleasant nights." <laughs> they seem to say that a lot in the book. And uh, do you ken it? Do you ken it? Do you understand? Um, and uh, and yar. Yar is one. They say that a lot. There's just a lot of neat little lingo they pick up. And the characters pick up the lingo too. And uh, it's, it's kind of uh, addicting. And uh, I tell you, there's just a lot of really neat little... Uh, character studies and things that you can relate to in the characters that you, you see in yourself. I mean, a really good book does that. And, um, you know, the next book after The Wastelands is uh, The Wolves of the Color. And uh, they, they encounter another town where, again, there's that theme of the lottery, Shirley Jackson's The Lottery, where a town has to sacrifice... Um, some of their their own kind to appease the forces at bay and the wolves of the color are those forces that are sent by uh the the evil the crimson king which is uh pretty much resides in the dark tower he's like uh the main bad guy in this really um along with the man in black and uh it just i mean you're, it's 800 pages minimum uh to each book just about and uh, there's more than six books, and it's uh, it's it's a pretty amazing journey. Um, no, no book has inspired me to to write or to be in these uh, creative worlds uh, that I I sometimes visit uh, than than this this book. And I probably never would have gotten through these books if it wasn't for audibles and, and listening to these books on the road and. And uh, listening to when I'm in line somewhere or some killing time. Um, I don't want to spoil much because I just want to touch on, on everything. Because this isn't quite the show for that. I just kind of, I'm skimming everything. But uh, when he gets to the end of the book, the, the last book is just so profound. And I'm just on every, just hanging on every word of the narrator. And... Uh, I went out to the park, my local uh, park where I live, and just listened to it. And I just was so in the moment, so in the story, that it, it, nothing else mattered. I was just, it was total escapism. And uh, there, there's just something like that. It's, it's just, when a work of fiction or something, come along, come, something, something comes along that inspires you in such a way you have to do something about it. And I've been compelled to really follow my dreams of, of storytelling and, and uh, writing stories and, and uh, making movies from these stories and, and, and comics and uh, telling some of these stories uh, on stage and 
it's it's just inspired me even more so than almost anything else and that ain't bad but i'm gonna i'm gonna shorten this up i'm already over time um but uh maybe i'll touch up and do a special episode on on the whole series um one of these days but uh, until then uh may you have long days and pleasant nights